The only heir to the throne is dead. <laughs> Sorrows. Sorrows, prayers. With so much going on in the world, it was just fitting I had to talk about this important topic, and that is Queen Charlotte. <laughs> that is the new fan favorite um, that aired on Netflix around May 5th, and that is one of Shonda Rhimes. If those of you who don't know who Shonda Rhimes is, Shonda Rhimes is, she's an author, screenwriter, producer. She gave us, you know, Grey's Anatomy, Princess Diaries, How to Get Away with Murder, as well as so many other things, and she's taking over Netflix, and specifically um, this whole Bridgerton universe that we're in. And so, again, she unveiled her latest um, masterpiece, which is called Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story. And it has a lot of people talking so much that I had to do a whole episode about it. And of course, y'all know who's on the show. Sharice, she is back because she's just as excited to talk about Queen Charlotte as much as I am. So let's talk about it. Hi, I'm Nicole Ebanks. I'm the host of Soul and Substance, the podcast. I'm also a journalist and a blogger, and I'm going to carry you through conversation where we're going to talk about those in-depth topics, those topics we're all afraid to talk about. I can guarantee you transparency, honesty, and pure realness because the perspectives come from my own celebrities, locals, and you especially. Soul and Substance starts right now. It's amazing to see life imitate art, but before we get all into it, we got to talk about Bridgerton. Cherise, wasn't this series, it's not season three, you guys, so all Bridgerton fans, please know this is a whole series on its own. Queen Charlotte, Bridgerton fans, what's amazing? What do you think? Yes, pasta, 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 all around. <laughs> Should make it 10. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh when i started uh when we started this episode the immediate quote that came to mind was sorrows sorrows prayers prayers i loved it i loved it i'll tell you like <laughs> i'm gonna be honest i only saw uh, season one of the original bridgerton series i never saw season boo. two hey hey because <laughs> we all know our, our new Shonda, she's good. So I don't need to be a participant in everything that she's doing. I, I, I know that doesn't make any sense. But yeah, that's, that's contradict <laughs> highly. Yeah, you need to definitely hop on the train with everything she's doing because she's amazing. True. I can always go back to it. But this series was phenomenal. Yeah, it really, really was. I'm so excited because for me specifically, I really liked how... I know some people have already been familiar with the story. Mm -hmm. So I liked how they were able, should I say Shondaland, I always like to say Shondaland, was able to bring it to life. You know, you felt connected with the characters in so Absolutely. many different ways. Yeah, and I'm not a fan of like the whole 
Elizabethan era oh! or like you know the oh, British, I'm clutching my pearls. Girl, clutch them, clutch them, clutch them because over here, sis, <laughs> that ain't my territory. Ah, no, that makes sense now. Oh, why? It does? Yeah, because you see it in C season two. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, so yeah. It makes uh -huh. sense. Yeah, so exactly. But exactly. I am. This is like, I like a lot of different things. So I'm very multifaceted in mm, like what me. I enjoy. Okay, <laughs> she's showing off, y'all. Already know. <laughs> I'm like, I love aliens. I love, um, you know, even things like Lord of the Rings mm. and all of those type of shows. I didn't watch Game of Thrones, but I watched like the new one. I didn't watch Game of Thrones because everyone was too hype. When people are like too, too hype, I like withdraw. Okay. So for Games of Thrones, I kind of like was like, yeah. Like, but I'll watch it now because I watched the um, other one. I forget what it's called now, but the one that's kind of like the spinoff to yeah. Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I, and I love, like, I am one of those. You know, I really love these type of movies, you know, in that era. Even though I know for our, for us specifically, you know, that wasn't the most fabulous time in life oh, as yeah, a black person. Yeah. But it's still interesting to see, um, you know, just the, the, the storyline of how things play out for people in that era. And I think that's why I was also drawn to this series. Mm -hmm. um, yes, we know Shonda is amazing at what she does. But the fact that they were going to highlight a black yeah, queen, queen in the royal history, yeah. it was like, okay, I have to see this. I got to mm -hmm. put my hands on it. And plus from the um, original series, we know of Lady Danbury. Mm -hmm. And she's always been a fan I'm favorite girl. of mine too. So mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? No, I definitely got to watch this one too. And, you know, see how we can be incorporated in this atmosphere, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? In this way of living. Whereas, yeah. like you said... It wasn't like this for us. Yeah, that yeah. wasn't our place. No, we were not the maids, the servants, we were in the back scrubbing, scrubbing the stuff, planning the stuff. Slaving away, yeah. Slaving, yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's just interesting to see it from a different lens of, you know, I like the all the isms that were in this um, series, <laughs> and you know, being in that class of having authority and being empowering. Like yeah. she was very, of course, yes, there were moments where. She had to kind of like find her power yeah. within her role. You know, mm -hmm. you would you think, oh, you know, you're the queen. You would automatically just take that on, right? But based on just who she was, her background, she was in a new country. Right. Let's talk about that too, like transitioning uh. from, especially being like I'm from Trinidad. So like mm -hmm. assimilating to a new culture. Right. Being isolated, feeling alone, even though you have, I remember the one scene where she was like all these people around, but she's like basically like a puppet, like a doll. Mm -hmm. She feels like a doll just being dressed up, you know, and not still, still being among people, but being lonely. Yeah. Um. So it was just interesting to see how that unfolded. Oh, and we, we forgot Spoiler alert, if you have not watched it. She being nice because uh -huh. I see the show. Sharice being nice to y'all. But I got to teach y'all touch, tough love. So yes, spoiler alert. Go spoiler, ahead, girl. Spoiler alert. I know Definitely. we kind of already got into some stuff. So we are a little late but, with the spoiler alert. But that's but. what I'm saying. That's how good it was and it's talked yeah. a lot. So it's like. It's all over YouTube, social media, the yeah, news. Yeah, if you went like, in it, you, out of, you already you seen already, the spoilers. Right, like, you already seen the spoilers. Yeah. So, again, thanks, Reese. <laughs> but, but, you know, going back to your point with, you know, her, um, Charlotte, Queen Charlotte, coming back, coming into town, 
mm-hmm. into a new territory, yeah. but also have to be rushed into this new life. Like here it yeah. is, you're single to now married in just a few hours. A few hours. First of all, I think the funniest part is her trying to escape. Let's talk about that. <laughs> That was cute. She was like, um, you know, asking all of her, like, (laughs) servants, um, like, oh, give me some detail about the king. So at least she could have some reference to who this man was. But I'm not mad at it, though. Yeah. Because I think also it goes back to the whole, like, a black person's role back then. The fact Mm -hmm. that she was comfortable enough, new territory, Mm -hmm. new um, place of living, and, you know, you're a black person utilizing your voice. Mm-hmm. To people who wouldn't care about you, who, you know, don't really, you know, don't want to embrace you. Mm-hmm. She was just trying to find any information that she can, because you don't know what you're walking Yeah, you don't know what you're walking She was blind. Yeah. Like a blind date for life. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the heck you're walking into. But my favorite piece of it is when he asked her if she, like, was specifically cared about what he looked like like if he's a troll and she's like no i just like she basically just wanted to know something at least anything about him and the looks were not the foundational thing that she cared about that was pretty cool yeah because i can say i'm shallow so it's very (laughs) nice to see that this was like already no i say that loosely sorry any potential suitors out there i'm not but um It was nice to see that, yeah, at the core, she just really wanted something to lean on. Yeah, something to lean on, a connectivity. Yeah. Yeah. Even to know if he was kind, if he was nice, just adjectives or descriptive things that could make her feel more comfortable. Exactly. But no one... Was trying to get this And that made it even more sus. Like, when you're asking someone, like, like, just give me a little detail. And then everyone's just looking like... Even Brimsley. Right? He was like... (laughs) I don't know. And then, yeah, it's like nobody would give her a little something. Yeah. And I think that raised her anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to climb that wall. Right. This is it for me. <laughs> That's cool or whatever. And then especially like your brother, too, pushing you into this as yeah. well. It's like all of that combined. But what, okay, I'm a hopeless romantic. But it was really, 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 really cute to see King George make his appearance and how, like, Aww. he was just so calm in he the moment. He was very calm. He wasn't like, oh, yeah. wait, 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 what you doing? Then? Yeah, he you was know? calm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what suited her, too. First of all, clearly, <clears throat> you know, she's already, you could tell she has a sp- spunky spiciness to her yeah. because even when he was questioning her she was kind of like giving him some little spice like this is what are you worried about this for like go back to the <laughs> other spectators like i don't need you here Marco and my we say Marco and trini i don't need you Marco in my business like act like you didn't see anything and then she was like wait hold up he could actually be of help to me because i need help climbing this wall hey by the way can you help me go over the wall and his curiosity and just the conversation and then when he reveals that he's yeah. the king she was like okay oh you the king okay but she was feeling him soon after she was feeling him yeah because he was he was being he was very um like you said calm his whole yeah, aura gentle. was very gentle and yeah. calm and even when she was like i want to know like who you are that's what I really wanted to know. And he was like, what do you want to know about who I am, basically? And she was like, everything. And he started, like, giving her, like, a backstory of who mm. he was. It was like, oh, look at you. Oh, I know, I know, and I then know. it all went to hell. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I love that shit. <laughs> I love that. Oh, and I'm in the It's like that point. We, I feel like we all were like, oh my gosh. Well, we're at this point. What's the plot? Yes. What's the plot? We were like sucked in immediately. Exactly. Thanks. But not to know that you right? are the cause of the majority of that. Oh man, I was so disappointed when he when he said, "I I have a surprise for you." I was like, "Oh snap!" But why he got to preface that the entire series in the beginning, <laughs> like, sir? You don't want her to know you move into a second house. And yet, okay. And even oh, all man. of that, again, I meet you for a few seconds. We kiss at the altar. Right. Giving each other somewhat of a googly eye. Because right. they had a little they had a little chemistry googly they eye did. thing going on. They did. I told you before sis was she probably was like, like you know, hop over the wall. I'm she was happy. She was kitten. She was. <laughs> So all of that, she was ready for her wedding night, even though she didn't even know what was going to go down. <laughs> but she, she was ready. ready. <laughs> she was ready. If there was no ones on that, she would have been okay with it. But oh, I think man. it's like, again, why did he lead her on to, I think that's mm -hmm. also a testament to his anxiety or yeah. you know, his illness. And, you know, you kind of want to. No, you know what I think of it as to, I think of it as split personality like mm. it was like your coping mechanism one fighting the other because he wanted that you know what I mean but unfortunately he wasn't able to match it up because of his what was going on with him his big secret a wow. huge secret which I really think he was in the right to have when you <clears throat> he learned more of his story even when he was talking about his childhood growing up and how he was sick mm -hmm. and when he really kind of delved into like the expectation of him being king how much pressure and the mom let's talk about the princess okay oh, please. just even seeing her in the room it was just like an extra Dark. tenseness mm -hmm. Like, you could feel that extra, like... I was stressed. Yeah. Even now. with her presence in the room. Yeah. And I know she had um, other influences because clearly the king passed. And so um, King George is the successor. And so there was extra pressure from Parliament and all those other entities for King George III to step up and, like, mm -hmm. you know, basically take that, that leading role. role. Mm -hmm. And her as a female, let's talk about it. Her as a female, you know, she could not really take on that, right? Yeah. So that extra pressure really, and, and we could talk about it from even a, a standpoint as um, children with our parents. Like growing up, you know, your parents may apply extra pressure because yeah. their parents, that's how they were, you know? Yeah. And, and so cycle that continues. cycle continues. It's true. So I don't want to, I know I'm kind of fast forwarding, but when yeah. the, um, the scene, when when um, Charlotte gave birth and the mom, the princess came to see and she was like, is everything okay? And mm -hmm. she was like, how is he kind of like referencing, like, does he seem normal? And he was like, he's perfect. Yeah. And within that moment, it was kind of like that generational, you see where King George the Third was trying to like break yeah, that, that yeah, pressure. Course, yeah. yeah, not to put that on his his not son true. now. Mm -hmm. Because that's what he experienced all yeah. his life. That must be really, really stressful. It is. And I'm sure that, you know, it also paid nod to what we're not seeing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, of course, he summarized what he went through. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you definitely see what mom can do. Mm -hmm. But 
you just you'd never know exactly how severe it is so i can just only imagine what other pressures mm -hmm. that was constantly on him yeah you know what i mean possibly mm -hmm. every single day if he was making any stride to do his own thing even if it was just to you know farm or yeah. play or whatever yeah. she would always at every given moment and i feel like you know they say like how helicopter parents not only mm -hmm. for like protection but they always want to be on you to mm -hmm. make sure that you are of certain status, of certain mm -hmm. educational attainment, all of those things. And it's funny how, again, a lot of this you can relate into modern day. Yeah. You know, whether mm -hmm. or not you understand the whole premise of it, but you can definitely see yourself in it. And it's just, I don't know. His condition you know, let's finally get to it, is he was definitely suffering with mental health. And when they were, I didn't see the signs. I you honestly didn't, didn't see, see the, the signs. signs. I know that when Reynolds kept um, visiting him downstairs in the cellar or like, you know, those little nuances, I was just, I kept wondering like, why, what was, what was it? Mm -hmm. What was he hiding? Because in the beginning, Going back to the separate houses thing, mm -hmm. I thought that he had another woman on the side, like yeah, a whole, just like, like Queen Charlotte. Right, you had, she was like, if I would have preferred if it was a brothel. Right. <laughs> you have a brothel. Not looking at the skies and the stars. Like, why are you leaving me? You ditching me, sir, for a whole sky. Okay, <laughs> stars. And right, and all of that to me was like, okay, yeah, what is he really hiding? Like mm -hmm. all of those things and. I remember the one scene where he's with the doctor in the cellar looking through his eye, and I was like, what could it be that he can't show his wife? And it's just amazing how when we finally see what he's going through and having one of his episodes, and correct me for the right terminology, mm -hmm. it's just like, again, it humanized people that we revere or we put on a pedestal like these are the royal family is supposed mm -hmm. to be like this perfect yeah entity, perfection you know what i mean yeah exemplify that and this is what also happened to them like mental health didn't start this year mm -hmm. last year or the pandemic yeah it's been for years upon yeah. years and over time we've learned how what it is and the different yeah. dimensions to it but then no one could put a name to it, what mm -hmm. he was going through. And they thought it was demonic or the worst thing ever. So, mm -hmm. And I could imagine how much more scary it would be in that era yeah. to have something. Although there was still that privilege, right? We go, let's still talk about the privilege because mm -hmm. he had access to the best like doctors. We see the one scene where all the doctors are gathered and the, mo the mom, a.k.a. the princess, she's like... Yeah. What can we do? Like, how can we fix this kind of thing? Like, desperate for answers, for a mm -hmm. solution for her son. So that really shows the impact on how lengthy he's probably been going through this and also how early. His onset of his symptoms yeah. were very early in his life because you can clearly see that they've been battling with that for a long time. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, though, I don't want to say the, the, the more unethical doctor... He mm -hmm. is the one who steps in and his methods initially seemed effective yeah. because he did calm Him his um, sort of like tremors that yeah. he was experiencing within that moment. 
based on talking to him. Yeah. So initially when he presented it, it seemed like, huh, okay, he may use a more humane approach and not necessarily scientific like the other yeah. physicians. So I was almost on board. But he did kind of preface it with like, but I do things unconventionally, uh, right? So I was like, eh, yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, right. Uh, That's always leading you to uh, the wrong direction. Right. Yeah. Oh, like, wait, hold on, hold on. Wait, I don't know if I trust this. Yeah. And then as we see as it progresses, mm -hmm. his methods are very, um, I mean, I feel mm -hmm. like his methods are dehumanizing, right? Mm -hmm. Like he, I feel like, that physician was, he saw the prince as so protected that he was using a lot of like trauma and fear tactics to kind of suppress what was going on with him. Mm. And, and that's not what you should do. Meaning, I don't mean that the was, tact, not the yeah, actual it was, way to, but you don't suppress Right, and it was, and I get that in that era, you know, these are all trial and errors. He's a subject. That's why he did like a, a verbal contract with the king, right? Oh. He was like, well, it's going to be stuff that you may not want to endure. Are you open for this? Are you ready? He did give him the 411 to yeah. some degree. But of course, until you actually are in the moment doing the things that he's requiring, like those ice baths that he kept yeah. dipping him in. At one point, it looked like they were kind of like burning him. So there was mm -hmm. like a lot of, um, I would say almost kind of like if, you know, someone has a fear of something, you're like, increasing that um you're increasing the 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 fear or you're trying to like fear it out of them kind of yeah. like that kind of tactic of using like really aggressive methods um and the thing is did he even know what was the onset of the symptoms like what mm. i don't think there was ever a moment where he was like when do you experience the symptoms? We don't see him yeah. actually ask him questions because based on my observation from mm -hmm. how things kind of started on, he gets a lot of it when he's stressed. Yeah. When there's a lot of high anxiety. Scene with the yes, mom. Yes, with the went. mom. She triggered the whole episode, right. girl. He was like, <laughs> is she gone? <laughs> is she gone? <laughs> Now he got to get the doctor, mom. Right. Exactly. <laughs> she exactly. him out. Yeah. So, you know, even mm. with the physician, you know, he did not, there were no questions. Like, right. could we get, like, a foundation of what can be the trigger for these symptoms? And you didn't really see that. All you saw was him aggressively treating something that he did not really even figure out what it was or what could be the identifier. So that was one of the things that really irked me. And I think another thing that irked me within that process was, yes, at the same time, the king had cognition to make the decision to give consent for treatment. However, there's a point where it's like, okay, yeah. does he have this discernment right. anymore to say. continue this right. aggressive treatment? Is it as effective? Is it going in the right direction? And... um you know, even when, I forget his name, you mentioned it just now. His, Reynolds. Yeah, when Reynolds stepped in. Oh, yeah. That hurt my heart so badly. Because Same first here. of all, Reynolds, he was literally living 
vicariously yeah, through the king. Follow somebody. Right. For life. Yeah. And absolutely. so his pain is literally Reynolds' pain, right? Yeah. And for him to see, or not just see, but hear him in agony and not be able to do anything. And then when he finally makes that brave decision to do something, he gets pushed back. Basically punched in the stomach yeah. and thrown out. And he was basically hopeless, like helpless yeah. to even help the king, you know? And that was really, that hurt my heart because. Yeah, that you know, he needed a savior to some degree he within did. that moment. And yeah. that's what, when, while you were talking, I was thinking about you know the doc, the physician. He never chimed in and said, "Why don't you tell your wife?" Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. At least, like, again, I'm no therapist or professional here, but I feel like there's always communication mm -hmm. that's always emphasized from a professional to the client. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, if anything, yes, tell your wife these. The doctor felt like a hero in this moment where only his voice can yeah. settle him. Mm -hmm. Only his methods can settle. But yet, you're not seeing anything. You're not bringing humanity back into the situation. So with Reynolds, it felt like he had a savior, but his voice is ignored. Yeah, his voice is ignored. And because at the end of the day, the king did, his, the king trumps his voice, right? And the king did agree um, had a verbal agreement to, mm -mm. to continue through regardless of no. the extremities of mm -mm. the treatment. And, you know, it's so, I think my other favorite moment was when Charlotte, and I think her brother coming, Adolphus coming, really was a, a shift because him coming and having that conversation with her Made really, like, like awakened no something yeah. in her. She was like, you know, I feel like at, before he came, she was feeling very defeatist. That's why she got him there, because she was sending the king letters, as we saw, mm -hmm. and they were yeah, not being read because he didn't have the capacity yeah. to read them yeah. because he was <laughs> being, I'm going to keep it 100, being tortured. Yeah. Um, and so when her brothers made that statement to her, I think it was just like, a, like a light bulb moment. Like, I, I am the did. queen. Like, right. let me take control. Take back the control. That I have. And when I she goes like looking for the king, and then the doctor, first of all, he comes popping out of nowhere. Like, oh, um, you can't be here. Like, kind of like giving a pushback. Yeah. She was like, um, if you don't let me know where he is, I'm going to search this whole ground. Right, I love okay? it. I love it. Yeah. And one thing with us, especially as black women, like we mm. take a lot, we endure a lot, a lot goes on our backs. Sometimes we are silent within our traumas yeah. that are happening to us because we want the man to stay risen, right? Yeah. But within that moment, I feel like that's when Charlotte really claimed her power. Like, I am queen. And this is what I command. And you see her when she finally finds him, you could see almost like that horror, right? Mm -hmm. Like the whole time she was thinking he abandoned her, um, he left her there. She probably was feeling maybe she again did something wrong because we saw that kind of dynamic in the past. Right. Um, and a lot of the transition was when he had the episode that she didn't, was not prepared for. And that's what she witnessed. And then it kind of went downhill from there with their bonding. Because mm -hmm. they were in a bonding state. Yeah. But the bonding separated because of that episode, right? Mm -hmm. So f to go from, like, 
not really understanding this person but still having that love and humanity for them and to see that this entire time they needed you and you were not there yeah, i think it was just like whoa yeah. and she just shut the whole thing down which was amazing to see and she was able within that moment to kind of bring him back to reality to mm -hmm. have that cognition and orientation again to knowing where he was and who he was and it's a beautiful thing that unfolds and don't get me wrong you know certain um you know the history books say he may have had bipolar he may have been experienced mania they yeah. reference it to um maybe even medical condition on the right. line that was triggering it mm -hmm. but whatever the root reason of um his ailment we see in that moment that that familiarity and that connection like really brought him back to reality yeah. and it was so beautiful to see it was beautiful to say to see but going back to the fact that queen charlotte mm -hmm. she sh shut everything down used her power mm -hmm. i know in today a lot of the conversation is why do black women always have to be a rescue why do mm -hmm. we always have to be the one to tell people like you know explain things how to get better and i felt like Yes, in a you know, like this was the connection that kind of helped him, but also why did it have to take for her, you know, to just fix everything um, and to kind of allow as a black woman, woman, why did it have to come down to her to piece everything together to make everything right? Um, you know, the whole conversation of um, black women were so strong and mm -hmm. why do we have to be so strong? Mm -hmm. It's again. I see the new. I see the connection between husband and wife, mm -hmm. and that was beautiful to see. It's yeah. just that it was also a symbolism in my mind, the foreshadowing, you know, how black women we always have to be of rescue yeah. for others in the world. I don't know. I feel like it has to do, and I don't know what every people's beliefs are, but I always think it back to even just the beginning with sin and Adam and Eve and how we are the rib and how we were f formed. Mm. And I feel like even not just black women, women on a whole, we tend to take on that role, right? We are saviors. Of course, as black women, we have a different capacity in which we do it because of slavery and all those other things that came in the mix of things, right? But for the most part, just like the princess. The princess, you could see that even when she was describing um, her father-in-law and how he was abusive to her mm. and would do those things, but she still pushed through when she was talking to Lady Dandry and giving her that, like, yeah. you have to still be strong. I don't want no crying. I don't want yeah. none of that. Let's get back to where we were. <laughs> and she kind of, like, allowed her that moment to re re regroup, regroup, right? Yeah. But, you know... It's like, why? Why can't she cry? Why can't she express her emotion? Why yeah. can't she be vulnerable? Why can't she actually, like, therapy? Right, sitting, get some type of, like, therapeutic moment. So it just goes to show, even within that moment with Lady Danbury and the princess, how women were always fighting for right. that um, voice, yeah. for that positioning, for the rights. And because we've always had to almost, like, prove ourselves worthy because men always as you know the man of the house yeah. and house you know society has been you know we always have to do more and i think that's where it comes into play where we're always the savior because at the end i never forget my favorite quote <laughs> um my big fat greek wedding when the mom was was telling her she was like 
the man is the head, <laughs> but the woman is the neck. Yeah. And she could turn the head any yeah. which way, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel that really sums up us as women. Like, yeah. men, they are supposedly supposed to be the head not every relationship falls under that traditional standard mm -hmm. but that's still in history how it's been but at the same time we are the neck and as the neck we hold up the head so i feel like within the within um bridgerton even like you mentioned with queen charlotte like she had to literally be holding up king george yeah. like literally throughout even when they had the ball yeah the, the, I was the ball to that. I was you know to that. Yeah. she had to really like look at me just you yeah. and me just really like yeah. center him for for him to just survive that moment, moment. yes girl yeah you know and i know that is exhausting too for her but she has to kind of like push herself aside and really focus in on him because how i mean for anyone who has had to work with people with severe mental illness for anyone who has family members who have severe mental illness it is hard and that's what i'm saying it's like how does she endure it for their li rest of their life together mm -hmm. like like you said it's hard like yeah it's hard i'm pretty sure there are days where she was like she had to tap into whatever it was mm -hmm. in her strength to like okay how am you I have to push yourself yeah. aside. You literally have to push yourself aside and it, it becomes all consuming on that individual. But as you see within the last of the, the coming down to the last episode, he was in a whole different place. So he probably was back at his original queue. He probably stayed there because you could see there was like a decompensation that was happening, right? Mm -hmm. That has happened, even though it looks similar, but I know there probably was more he probably had more outbursts, more yeah, um, irrationality, mm -hmm. you know, and she's older. So I know she probably had to be more cognizant of herself, her safety, mm -hmm. and even just she had more responsibility right, because, mom. Yeah, yeah, 15 okay. kids, yeah. even though we aren't going to touch on that, but <laughs> that whole situation, um, even with them not really holding her as a mother and all yeah. of those other dynamics within. Mm -hmm. Because, mm -hmm. and this goes back to just the mental health piece. Like, if you have someone who has mental health and you're, like, really wrapped around mm -hmm. making sure they're okay, that can really consume you and you can neglect yourself, you can neglect others. And I feel even within that conversation with the children, when she was pressuring them to give an ear, it kind of showed how much she kind of was never really focused on them. Yeah. And it was really more about the king and the kingdom and making sure everyone... Even in the scene, young Charlotte, when she talked to Lady Danbury about not having her title yeah. and not coming to her. I feel like within that moment, you could see where the queen is transitioning into her role of like, I can be your savior. Yeah. You know, you all, we're opening the palace for you all to come to us. Because mm -hmm. that's the only way to make it work. You're right. And so even within those moments, you can see that there was the whole nation in our hand. And now you're popping out 15 kids, right. 50, 11 kids, <laughs> like, you know, so one or two or three or four may go to the wayside. And then you know that a lot of times, even Lady Danbury, she didn't know her son. Yeah. She didn't really know him. And I didn't even know she had a child until they mentioned him. Uh-uh, girl. Yeah, because I was like, I know like the history, she had kids because of how they said she had four sons. Right. But I was like, where are these kids? Right. <laughs> and then not knowing they were with the nannies the entire yeah. time. So I guess even with status, there came that kind of disconnect because 
you're not really looking after your children. You're mm -hmm. running about trying to keep your status. Yeah. You saw how the husband was desperate to go into these places that all his other counterparts who were right. right were yeah. in. Yeah. So the focus was really about like continuing Position. building positioning. And yeah, the legacy. And the legacy and and neglect somewhat of a neglect of the children in the terms of building that connection with them. So uh, even with the queen, as we see her her children who have had a lot of stress, a lot of um, fertility concerns and issues. The daughter said, "Hey, I've ha I've tried, right, but no success. No success. Yeah. Have you even once considered the human, the, the us, the who we are, the what we've been through? Even the eldest son who had a wife that died trying yeah. to get the childbirth. Like these are real sorrow, things. Sorrow, sorrow, <laughs> Like, she was like, okay, <laughs> so who's going to give me the kid now? Like, but which one of y'all? back to how she was emphasized to have just yes. being children. Yes. That was yes. her role. Again, back to we got to yeah. fulfill, fulfill this, this legacy. legacy. Yeah. Um, so I could understand, too. Not, that pressure. That's yeah. a pressure there for her as well. Yeah. And yeah. not giving her an excuse or whatever for being a bad mother. But I think... If the situation was different, of course, but again, when you're in that environment, mm -hmm. I'm just, you know, I can just only imagine that you have to uphold mm -hmm. this certain level. Yeah. Of, yeah. So I understand, mm -hmm. you know. Even she was in this belief that they would even call her a bad mom. So her reality yeah. of a um, good mother was, was what she was doing. Right. But in reality, it really wasn't because you weren't really even knowing your children. Because even when, you know, grand, her granddaughter, their niece or nephew mm -hmm. daughter, she didn't really console them in no. their grieving. Mm -hmm. She never asked, again, sorrow, sorrows, prayers, prayers. But she never really said, like, how are y'all doing? Yeah, you know there was I mean? no concern about them their feelings it was always about an ear yeah always always about an ear and i think it goes back to even the last scene <laughs> grab your tissues if you haven't watched it even though in all reality i was boohooing throughout the whole thing mm -mm. because for me you know especially i will never forget that one training i did mm -hmm. when um um, it was like a suicide prevention training. And our instructor, he literally said, I am going to have you say something to me. So we had something, each of us, you know, there was opportunity for all of us to kind of um, do the exercise. And I was saying some stuff, reading some stuff. And then he was literally in my ear talking. Like he was just talking while I was trying to read. And it was just to kind of illustrate, you know, even with schizophrenia, how a lot of times people hear voices and how that can kind of overcome that individual. You know, a lot of times we see people even on the street or within passing or hear conversations about people with certain mental illness, but you never understand the, 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 the magnitude, right? Because that's mm -hmm. not your that's not no. your journey that's not mm -hmm. your thought process that's not even when people who have high anxiety who have persistent consistent thoughts it. and think thinking mm -hmm. you know those things you know some people be like just forget about it no. just move on you know but in reality everyone does not have that ability no. and it goes sometimes I know some people are very religious they'll be like pray on it no it will go away you know, but for certain things, 
it goes beyond that. You know, it has it to do with the biology, the biology of that individual. A lot of it has to do with the history, the bloodline, things that are passed down. Sometimes it can be aggravated with substances as well. Mm -hmm. So it's so many factors that are at play. And so, you know, it's just interesting when they started to like slowly unravel that it was mental illness. That really started to get me emotional because mm -hmm. I work with individuals who have mental illness. And so it's just kind of like I see... I, I am my empathy was very heightened because right, yeah. I fully understood how afraid he could have been mm -hmm. in that moment mm -hmm. and just I put myself in his place like I could not even imagine in an era where you are a ruler of a whole country wow. he was ruler of England and Ireland two nations and you have been brought up with a mother who her parents instilled such a high standard mm -hmm. and then your father passed so you have a loss and then now you have to be pushed into a role and all you wanted to be is a farmer yeah yeah he just won't be farmer george yeah. right <laughs> and so just knowing who he was and the essence of who he is and to see that that um that mental illness kind of like be the forefront that's why even the scene when they were under the bed he was oh. like i wish i had told you the truth but charlotte oh, oh, man. So sweet. man oh man oh man goodness goodness she was like but you did tell me the truth yeah. you said you were george yeah. And just even within that moment, like That's I nice. was like bowling yes. because it's like she reached him where he was. She did not allow him to feel. And this goes back to the stigmatization of mental health. And this is why I would say we still have a long way to go because people don't get it and people hear of it or they know it and then they see it, but then they don't really understand it. Yeah. And so even if you may have close relations to someone who are experiencing different things mental in the mental health realm, do we really fully understand? No. And so I think as a society, there's still that stigma. And so even within that moment when she was just like, she took away, because he was really highlighting his mental health. Like he, I, you could see them, that was the moment where his mental health was all he like knew. He, he, he held that to the highest regard of who he was. But within that moment, Charlotte was like, no, let's take that out of the equation and let's focus on who you, you really are. are. That's right. And it was mm -hmm. just like, yes. oh my goodness, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I still love that he was so aware of his il illness. Yeah. Because, you know, self-awareness is yeah, key. Self -awareness is yeah, self-awareness is key for um, management. Because, mm -hmm. you know, with mental illness, depending on what, what it is, you, there is no cure. Yeah. So it's all about management and best treatment. So he was very aware of his illness. And I think because of that too, Charlotte was able to really kind of separate it a bit for him. Her mm -hmm. role was kind of like, okay, I get it. You are aware of your illness and that's good. But I know you are also George, and I want you to acknowledge that you are George. Yeah, this doesn't and, define you. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, that is not just your full definition of who you are. And her just saying that, and then she said, yeah, you're a farmer, George. Like, you're a farmer, George. And you could see what in that moment where he kind of, like, reflected. And yeah, was like, like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I am not just my illness, mm -hmm. you know. And I, I was just, I tell you, Shonda, <laughs> girl, if I ever meet you, Shonda, 
girl i was i was like and i'm not one to be very emotional during shows so i was like it's truth telling this yeah. is what i love about storytelling especially yeah. when you do it right yeah when you do it right when you do it right you yeah. really can get you can hone into like mm -hmm. what people are really truly going yeah through. you and, can you know they I know we touched on that, you know, the actual King George, and this is loosely based off of, you know, he went through mental illness, and it's just amazing to see that Shonda was able to incorporate this to the point where we could see this in real time mm -hmm. back then. Back then. And it's so funny, even it though it was back then, it still relates to now. Right, yeah. So I think that's weird. She, cre she created, like... Connection. I don't know if y'all believe in the multi-universe, whoever's listening, because I'm one of those Marvel fans, too. Oh, so, like, you know, it's almost like that connection of different worlds, like, then and now, and she kind of, like, made them connect. Hey. Because I saw it within that era, and I saw it within our time, and that's what made it even more, mm. like... I think that's what really brought it home for me, and I feel like that's what it brought home for a lot of people. And the cinematography... Uh. Especially the ending scene where they do the flip of the young Charlotte and the uh, old George with the young Charlotte and the older the Charlotte with the young George. I was like, who done did this? Like, who, who done did this, this work? But, and even the, when she went under the bed and the flip, when they flipped under the camera to indicate going under, it was just the brilliance. The brilliance. It was... Man, you couldn't make even, a sweeter moment. But that's what I'm saying. Like, how does she get to a place where I'm going to use under the bed as their common ground? Is mm -hmm. them for his safety net? Yeah. But he said it, right? He didn't want the heavens to find him. I know, and that's why so he went under the bed. So they kind of really, she used. Phenomenal and I think perfection. that's, you know, even working with individuals, like you kind of meet people where they are and the familiarity uh, of where they are. Yeah. So that's why she told Brimley, don't follow me. I got this, boo. This is what I've been doing for years. I already yeah. know how to kind of bring him back from his mm -hmm. non-reality to, to the reality of things. And even though you could see within the moment, she kind of had that, like, when she laughed in the end, you could see, like, yes, I did do it. Like, I, I, oh. I did stay. You could see where even with her, the joy in her heart mm -hmm. of, him being in that moment with her and being present and understanding who she was and understanding that they are going to have an heir and kind of like being lucid within that moment. Oh. You could just see it was like it, it swelled her heart. Yeah. And she's, let's be real, we didn't touch on this, but the flowers blooming. We, we didn't talk about the oh. flowers blooming. <laughs> but I know even Queen Charlotte probably want her flower to bloom. Okay. okay? But okay. she stayed loyal to the king. And the uh. king who is in his own world, in his own time, in his own space, in his own reality. And so I think even within that moment, she felt like it was worth me. Everything I've done, everything I've gone through, it's still worth it. Because she had that moment with him in that, in that time. It's a lot so of inspiration beautiful. for somebody, especially, you know, when mm -hmm. she learned out it was in the beginning of their marriage and yeah. she could have easily found Dipped. him out she could have found many out because king george was like girl you bye right you can leave me in fact he was telling her to leave from since the beginning <laughs> the two houses <laughs> you stay here i'm leaving here 
Get out! Get out! Exactly. Don't get out the whole time. But I remember like um, crossing shows, but um, Married at First Sight for any. No, no, no. Yeah, Married at First Sight fans. And I know that back in season 12, 13, when they're in New Orleans, and Karen Mm. and Miles. Miles oh, dealt with yeah, um, mental, mental health, health, yeah, and he brought it up during their honeymoon, and you could already see Karen was a little like, mm, yeah, I don't know, I don't know about, about this. this, yeah. But I think the fact that with Queen Charlotte, she was, you know, very like, okay, I don't, I, I've never seen this before. I don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. What's, what's still Which she acted, her reaction was real too when yes. she went to the queen. I like how they didn't try to sugarcoat it. Thank you. I love that. Yeah. She was like, "What did you get me into?" <laughs> <laughs> she whiplashed that princess so hard. She was like, "Girl, you did not tell me what it is I was coming into, girl." <laughs> I love that Shonda did that. Me too. Me too. Yeah, because it's real. It's yeah. really real and. I'm pre- yeah, and I think anybody, even today, like, as much as we want to say, I'll be there for you, mm-hmm. you know, when it gets tough. Yeah, it gets tough. And you see it in real time, yeah, and you've gone through tough. these episodes one after the other. At yeah. this point, you get wearied and tired. You'd be looking like, when is my time to clock out? Yeah. And yeah. in a marriage, you know, it's so, so that do us part. part. So mm-hmm. it's just, I love the fact that. Again, under the bed scene, even mm-hmm. at this stage in their life, they were able to come in this moment. She mm-hmm. brings back her husband back to reality, but mm-hmm. also kind of reflect on this beautiful love story mm-hmm. that they have created yeah. where in the beginning. They, either one didn't see it coming yeah. to fruition. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, like you said, like, you know, she wanted her, what, flower to <laughs> bloom. It's mm-hmm. like, even in those moments, like, how did she get through that? How yeah. did she get through the moments where she even, he had an episode in front of their children. Mm-hmm. You know, how did yeah. the parent, the kids, you know, respond to that too? Yeah. Or how much exposure she, did she allow? True. Because even True. thinking of him being in that own, in his own space. And again, they clearly emphasize he was at an older age. So, um, you know, even in the history books, they think he may have had demented yeah. symptoms mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So we don't know the full scope of how he went or he transitioned to a more isolative um, point. But you know that there was still some protection that had to have happened yeah, um, at some true. point because yeah. of the fluctuations. But at the same time, I think there's also that, like with the when they highlight, even with the ball, when the um, queen knew he was getting his flares about to come, she was able to, okay, let me put something in place now to help minimize that for him. So I'm sure even throughout the process of them being together, she found ways for him to better cope with his symptoms. But one thing I have to highlight before we finish this, when the princess came to Queen Charlotte and acknowledged that he loves her, because you see that they have this kind of like tumultuous relationship, right? Like, you do not respect me. I'm queen. You're a princess. I'm queen. I have a voice. But then there's like, no, I am the majesty. She kept using majesty every five <laughs> seconds. Like, girl. So, you know, so there was that power dynamic that mm-hmm. was interplaying throughout the whole um, 
throughout the whole series. But within that moment when they did that first dance and you mm. see their segue to the princess looking at them dancing. Because this was it. This was like do or die. Yeah. Like mama, I know she was crossing her finger, her toes. She was like, Lord, please make him not mess this up for me, Lord. I knew she was probably like sweating, sweating bullets, girl. She just looking on. Oh, Jesus, I don't know what's going to happen. Because, you know, they didn't have that connection. Yeah. The king isolated her because she was one of the triggers for him. Yeah. So there was that disconnect from her and the kingdom now. Mm -hmm. And so for the princess to like literally come to her side by side and say, you know, and you could see Queen Charlotte was already ready to rock. Like she, she didn't know what the princess was coming with. Yeah. She was ready. But the, pr the princess just brought her right back down yeah. when she told her he loves you. You make him, you know, like it's because of what you're doing. I see who he is and the real George that I know mm -hmm. was always there. And Queen Charlotte, like you could see, she like, I, like, wait, did we just have a moment? moment? Like, what, were we vibing like for two seconds? So I just have to highlight that because mm. I, I think it sums it up for a lot of people. You know, I speak to a lot of people who have friends, who have family, have loved ones, who do go through a lot of different things in the um, in regards to mental health. Yeah. And you don't get your flowers. You don't get, no one is going to be like, girl, you're doing your thing, supporting your whomever that mm. you have in your life, that you are really just riding it out, riding the waves as they come. Okay. You know, people don't get that. They don't. So for the princess to acknowledge that within a moment, I know that was kind of, it was a very well powerful received, moment. Yeah. And so even for anyone listening, if you are that individual who work with people with mental illness, who have that in your, who have family members, friends, whatever the situation is, or even if you are going through your own thing, you know, give you your flowers for just continuing to push through, persevere, to be that light, to be that hope, even, you know, do what you need to do to self-care or even medication management, getting the treatment you need, like, Flowers, flowers, flowers. <laughs> I'm not going to do sour, sour. I'm going to do flowers, flowers, flowers. I love it. That's a great, that's a great, yeah, definitely replacement for it. Definitely. And yeah. then, you know, again, going back to, even if you're not like a caregiver to someone suffering from mental illness, mm -hmm. let this be an example that you can utilize your voice and you can actually be of help mm -hmm. an advocate I think, yeah and mm -hmm. you know presence is key yeah. you know you mentioned earlier that you know if you whenever we hear mental health no one really knows what it entails so mm -hmm. we just like pacify Pass it, it. Like, yeah. oh, it'll be okay yeah or you know i'll just pray about it mm -hmm. but actually be of service i like to pride myself on this model like especially when i'm at work and i say that i always want my patient or whoever to leave with hope mm -hmm. whether it's in our conversation my smile or whatever that whatever dark storm that you're in yeah. by the time you leave me there's hope that you're yeah. leaving with yeah awesome. and it changes a lot like you just you never know what someone is going through or what mental illness that they are suffering from heavily because it gets dark and heavy mm-hmm and we all can fall under that. I think Absolutely. people do not realize this. Uh, you know, we all can. It. Mental yeah. illness is not void of anyone. No. Like, let's keep it funky fresh. We're living in a world where things are so unpredictable. We have we had just another mass shooting. 
in Texas. We have shootings every day. And it can just everywhere. be random. No actual trigger like that. And you just start having symptoms of mm -hmm. a mental illness. Like, I remember, like, not going deep into it, but I was in a depressive state at some point to the point where every moment I would cry at the top down of a hat. Mm -hmm. I, and again, it was a scene, I can't remember it now, but when uh, Queen Charlotte was talking about, like, there's a room full of people yeah. and you feel so, so lonely. Alone. That yeah. is a real That's a real feeling. Thing. Yeah. It is. And so, again, I don't have any genetic genetic um, mental like, illness yeah, or anything like that. But yeah. that time in my life, it just, it was really, really dark. And so, like you said... It, no one is exempt. No one. No one. And I think people think they are, and that's why mm -hmm. the stigmatization comes into play, right? Yeah. And then there's this misconception that it has to present in these ways. Mm -hmm. But I think, too, yeah. that's why a lot of times, even when someone commits suicide, some people are very like, what? what? I didn't see the sign. You know? Yeah. But mm, no. 9 out of 10, it probably was there. Yeah. You know? But we always see it as you have to be screaming, shouting. Mm -hmm. Acting irrational, yeah. maybe um, tangent towards bizarre speech. Yeah, you know it has to be this extreme thing, um, but it doesn't always present that way. No. And I think that's where the education and the willingness to continue to learn what mental illness is, what it can look like, what the different facets of it because it could present in so many ways it can be so many different things mm -hmm. and knowing your history like really yeah. having conversations around your family history sometimes people say i ain't got none in my family no, but and then come found no. uncle 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 right. <laughs> From, yeah. you, know, he, you know he had something it may not have been spoken of because you know it was very taboo back then yeah. too to speak on mental illness so a lot of people brushed it under the rug so it's really important to have conversations about it, to edu continue to educate yourself. We're in an era where we're fortunate. We don't have to have that 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 doctor to be Thank dipping you. us and water bathing us, yeah. right? We have a lot of resources that we can tap into. Yeah. Um, and if you know someone who needs those resources and you need to assist them, then you do that. Because mm -hmm. sometimes with mental illness, there may be um, judgment and perception that may be skewed, right? So this is where you kind of play that Queen Charlotte role where you, or even Reynolds, where you mm -hmm. kind of take more of an active role in getting them yeah. that, that treatment and assistance. I always say be an advocate. Yeah. Be someone else's voice because they don't have the strength, especially when they're in their moment yeah and they don't want to ask for help up. because uh, uh, remember mm -hmm. he that's why the, the scene where she was like why didn't you tell me and he said i wanted to but i couldn't because there's that shame right that shame that comes with like hey i'm the king i'm supposed to be like the yeah, king. have it all together right i'm supposed okay. to be it you're mm. supposed to be like my arm piece coming yeah. walking in the rooms with me <laughs> and i can't get out of the carriage girl right. <laughs> i could not even yeah, get no. out of the carriage to talk to parliament so you know that can really help with the destigmatization, mm -hmm. which will allow more um, mental health treatments to be available for individuals. Because, you know, there was a point in time where a lot of places that offered services, the funding was cut. Mm -hmm. So the more we continue to have these conversations, we continue to have this push. I love the time that we're in. I, I think every the generation, each generation is pushing back more yeah. and more. Now, I remember people were like, I don't want to do no therapy. Therapy, what? Yeah. Now, I'm hearing people so many people are open to therapy. And of different generations now. Oh, yeah. And therapy has become even more accessible. So, we're just in a more 
brilliant time versus in that in in, in that time frame mm -hmm. so we need to continue to push forward with what we're doing and you know and and continue to break down those walls <laughs> climb over those walls ah! yeah i'm Girl. going back to the walls <laughs> climb over those walls and break down that stigma okay let's do it 2023 let's, let's keep pushing forward yeah, and beyond <laughs> yes. let's do it because again a peace of mind mm -hmm. is worth going to distance for. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. I think Shonda. Yeah, girl. Yes. Got conversations, bro. Everybody talking, girl. Everybody's talking. <laughs> I'm telling you, I want to get to this place where I'm like that, where yeah. my heart speaks yes. to life. Speak it, Nicole. Are we talking? Speak it, honey. Yes. Life imitating art. Thank yes. you. <laughs>